Welcome to The League, an NBA pod. On today's Thursday episode, I'm joined by Chris as we go through last night's busy slate in the NBA. Go through all the games and all the players and talk about not only the performances of last night, but future implications down the road. I want to give a big shout out to Chris for doing the pod, even though he's coming down with a little cold, so you get to excuse a couple of calls and sniffles here and there. But still, it's a good episode, a lot of fun moments. We get off track a little bit, so I think you'll enjoy this one. All right, welcome back to the League and NBA pod. This is your Thursday edition. We're going to run through some games from the night. It's a big slate of games, so, you know, a lot to get to. First, with some NBA news, it is official. Uh, this came in on NBA.com, I saw that Andrew Wiggins is ranked the top five players in the league. Uh, um, what do you have to say about that? <laughs> I'm just waiting. That is really last. <laughs> Let's just throw a shout out. I know this is like the Andrew Wiggins pod. We talk about him so much. Man. You know, like, we can't break the streak. I don't, I don't question the talent. I question the consistency. Is it going to last? If it, if it does, I'm the first one to be happy, you know, and uh, excited for his success. But you got to show me. Well, you know how much credibility we lose by talking about him so much? I feel like real NBA fans is like, these dudes aren't serious. <laughs> but anyways, yeah, let's go ahead and get into that first game of the night. It was the Memphis Grizzlies beating the Charlotte Hornets 119 to 117. This was due to a John Morant game-winning layup, a little scoop through traffic. It was amazing. I mean, did you see the play? Yes, I did. Very nice. I mean, he just, I mean, sure. just showcased why he was a high draft pick and what he's able to do in this league, you know, using his speed to get to the place that he wants and then, you know, showing us that finishing ability that he had. So, oh, definitely, definitely. I mean, even on this time, he was efficient too. 10 for 15 from the field, even two from, oh, wait, no, 10 for 15 from the field, one for two from three, two for three from the free throw line. So, not a lot of volume in threes and free throws, but I mean, he made them. And then a career high 11 assists. <laughs> I mean, what, the four turnovers? It's actually pretty decent it's not for the worst. young guy. It's not the worst, yeah. I think, uh, um, I mean, I feel like as as a Grizzlies fan and anyone in their front office, I mean, you have to be ecstatic for what you've been seeing from him, especially like when he, when he plays well like tonight. I mean, they have to be just super excited out their minds about the potential that he has, man. Like, it seems like he's – it almost seems like he's getting better even like in this short season on how, uh, how we're progressing so far. It seems like he's already improving. So, uh, that's exciting, man. Yeah, I definitely agree. I really believe it's one of those things where – because I know the coach, Taylor Jenkins, was a, like the, one of the lead assistants under Budenhoser yeah. in Milwaukee last year. Yeah. And so, for one, he's spacing the court. So, like, all five spots are filled. Even in practice, they, you know, tape down boxes around the three-point line. That Somebody has to fill these spots at all times. So, that means it's clearing up space for Ja to penetrate. And then I know based on the way that Bud has treated his young guys, like Dante DiVincenzo, mm-hmm. they really believe in just throwing them in the fire, right? Like, bro, you got to make things happen. Like, being on the court and doing nothing is not an option. Like, right. Dribble, pass, shoot, you know? Right. Also, Taylor Jenkins being a younger coach, I feel like he's able to build that relationship with job where they have a trust. So it's like, I'm not going to pull you for making a mistake or anything like that. I just want, I need you to be aggressive because we have a year, a free year. We're not trying to get to the playoffs. We're just trying to get better, you know? Exactly. So... Definitely interesting. Uh, we, about, I definitely. Oh, if did you have anything, any uh, other players you wanted to talk about with the the Grizzlies on that side? I think we got a shout out, uh, my boy Jaron Jackson, five for nine, four for six from three. Uh, definitely keep letting them fly, my man. Keep letting them fly. And then uh, what's his name? Marco Gadoric. I do not know how to say his name. Four for six. Nah, bro. He was six <laughs> for nine. Four for six for he had, from three point line is what I'm what I, I meant to say. Oh, three point line. Yeah, leaper. Yeah. 
And then he has 17 points. That's big. That's big. What are you about to move on to, though? Uh, I just wanted to touch on Terry Rozier on the Hornets. Hooping. Definitely hooping. I think he heard, I think he heard the, uh, the chatters about Devontae uh, taking his spot. I mean, but they were both in the starting lineup tonight. So, Sorry, somebody, <laughs> that's somebody else's spot. Really. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, he 13 for 21, 7 of 12 from 3, 33 points, 6 assists, 5 turnovers, so. Not a great assist-to-turnover margin, but he was putting the bucket in the hole, man. Also, we got a rare sighting, in my mind, from Malik Monk. He uh, was he shot at 13, <laughs> 20 points. I always feel like, you know, I always – I was super high on Malik Monk coming out of the draft, and I always want him to be better than what he is right now, or at least more consistent, because I, I feel like he has the talent. I feel like, he you know, he has the talent along along the lines of, like, the JRs and type, type guys of the league. You know what I mean? Yeah, because he's just like a natural scorer. Yeah, like he, he just knows how to put the ball in the, in the bucket, you know? <laughs> but yeah. as far as being in like Charlotte so far, I just don't think he's been able to put together a consistent play. You know, whether that's the rotations or just, you know, the organization or maybe it's just him struggling on his own. I don't know. But hopefully we uh, we can continue to see performances like this where, you know, he's scoring, shooting effectively. He also had five assists and one turnover. So... He played, he played pretty well tonight. Definitely. I was about to say, maybe he doesn't have, like, athleticism to get, like, downhill. But, no, dude's definitely no, he's a, super he's athletic. Super athletic. <laughs> <laughs> but I think he maybe be the size. Because, A, he's a real, like, thin frame mm-hmm. kind of guy. Yes. And he's not, like, he's not short, I guess, or, like, a guard. But he's not big. Like, he's, like, right at, like, like, average. Probably, like, 6'3", I imagine. And that's, like, point guard height, honestly. Because the way he plays is more of a shooting guard play type. Yeah. Well, you want a guy like that than J.R. Smith. Six six size, you know. Yeah. So that kind of hurts him. So he's gonna really need to like continue to like you know develop his playmaking. I think to be a serious threat on the court because that allows him to you know be more of a multifaceted threat. So not just playing him for the shot. You know what I mean? Right. Like you need to keep the defense guessing. But I think that's enough on these guys. Yeah. Let's go ahead and move good, good for me. All right. Let's go ahead and move on to our next game. It was Philadelphia versus Orlando. Orlando getting the win, 112-97. This is, of course, without the big man, Joel Embiid. So, that took everything with a grain of salt. That being said, you probably look for Philly to still win this game. But, you? I mean, who who was up on the odds? Honestly, I'm pretty sure the Magic were minus two. Really? Yeah. Oh, wow. Well, their defense is elite, though. That's exactly. The their defense is elite. And, I mean, without, without Joel Embiid, I mean, who... Who was really the bucket getter on this Philadelphia 76ers team? I mean, Tobias definitely wasn't hitting tonight. Like, honestly, well, it's two nights in a row. He was broke. Nobody on the team really was shooting too well, except for Ben Simmons, honestly. I mean, Al Horford was 5 <laughs> for 18. Tobias was 4 for 13. Cork Miles was 4 for 11. Josh Richardson was shot 50%. So, I mean, I guess him, he had 19 points. But I didn't, I didn't going into the, to today, I didn't expect him to win the game. Based on like what you what you just alluded to, as far as have the Magic having an elite defense and the Sixers missing missing their best player, like I don't think it was a shock today, to be honest with you. I definitely feel that. I think also too, the Sixers' biggest weakness is definitely, like you said, their I mean their ability to score the ball. So we take away their best scoring option, exactly. Who is also their best defender? It's kind of like a big. That's why. That's why honestly, Joel Embiid is a guy that could garner serious MVP talks if he just were to play enough games. Because his impact on the court is like incredible on both ends, like Giannis, basically. Um, other thing to look at too uh, is the fact that, like you mentioned, Tobias Harris being cold. He was cold against the Cavaliers too the other night. So 
And Tobias can't be that consistent, like, you know, off the dribble scoring threat. It's going to hurt them later in the season. Sure. They're definitely going to have problems if he can't at least fulfill, you know, that boy left by Jimmy Butler in some capacity. Like, that's why they, that's why they you know, signed you to that, that contract. Because they expected you to be able to be that guy that can get a bucket when they need to. If, you know, Joel Embiid is either not hitting or getting doubled or so on and so forth. So, for sure. Uh, moving down onto the Magic, uh, their best performer was Nikola Vucevic with 11, 18 from the field for 25 points. Um, also got some good contributions from Aaron <coughs> Gordon, not on the field in terms of percentage-wise, but I mean, he gave him 18 points. Uh, and then my boy Mark Hill still started. Seven assists. Yeah, 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 for sure. It's crazy, <laughs> too, because I feel like Aaron Gordon's playmaking is so, like – if he like it's real spotty. Like some days it looks pretty bad. You know? Well, at least by the stats it didn't look too bad today. So Yeah, it's maybe just because his handle is loose. But uh one thing I am disappointed with, no offense to DJ Augustine, but I feel like every game I think I talked to you about this earlier. Every game of the magic I see, I immediately go to see who had a better game, Fultz or Augustine. <laughs> I mean tonight, I mean, DJ Augustine is still four for thirteen, one for four yeah, for three. Was, yeah, it was probably a wash. But it's nice to see the Magic get up 112 points because they've definitely struggled <laughs> to score. But just to touch on uh, the Markel Fultz thing, I know we were talking about this earlier, just the fact that he's even able to be in this position where he's starting on a team with playoff aspirations after everything that's going on and that he's been through is still great. You know what I mean? Like, So I'm just excited definitely. to see him continue to grow and get more comfortable in the role. You know what I mean? Like, he's... He's just playing basketball now, man, and that's all we can ask for, man. He's gonna get, he's gonna get more comfortable. He's gonna start playing better, especially with them, you know, showing, you know, trust in him, which they clearly have because they have him starting. So I look forward for sure. Yeah, me too. Me too. Let's go ahead and move on to our next <laughs> next game. Oh, uh, real, real quick, real quick on this last uh, on the Magic. Um, Obama only playing. Obama playing fourteen minutes, having zero points and two bouts. <laughs> When is it time to move a guy? <laughs> the thing with Mo Bamba, bro, is like when you see him like in the open gym, he passed the eye test so well. But like, against competition, he's not the same guy. And when people like are like that, the first thing that comes to my mind is either A, they're just not like a naturally competitive person, maybe, maybe even a little bit soft, or B, they're getting physically dominated. They're not physically up to par. You know what I'm saying? Like they can't deal with the physicality of the NBA. So you think he's still so, he's still not uh, ready physically, body wise. That I mean, that has a lot to do with it. Because <laughs> if you ever see him rolling to the basket, he has a hard time catching the ball in traffic. Mm-hmm. Like he gets swallowed up in the paint. So he's not really a lob threat, despite his amazing measurements. And then B, I don't think he's the most competitive person. Like I'm not gonna call him soft, but he doesn't really have that like that drive to like just throw his body into trap, you know, into danger, or to like really right. just mix it up with people. Like, Thon Maker is a good example. Thon is an extremely competitive person, but he doesn't have the body type to, like, really bang. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, that's still why. That's why offense, he isn't always effective. But on defense, he's always a threat. He's always patrolling the paint. And he's just, like, giving you effort. <laughs> With Thon, it's misplaced effort, granted, that he just does stupid stuff. <laughs> but you never question if he's, like, giving it his all, and, you know. Yeah. And so I just feel like with Mo Bamba, it's just a combination of things. He doesn't really have an offensive skill set besides shooting threes. And so it's really easy to, you know, play against. It's easy to defend. So he's just kind of still in development, early stages of development. It's going to be probably three or four years before he's really a real player, in my opinion. 
Good. That's all. I think he'll get there though. That's all smart kid. <laughs> all right. So <laughs> next game is the Wizards versus the Celtics. Boston uh, Celtics came out of there with a seven point win, one hundred forty to one thirty three. Uh, Isaiah Thomas has returned to the uh, Boston Gardens or TD Gardens. What's it called? Something like that. Garden. <laughs> yeah, TD Garden. Uh, let's see. So high performance tonight. <laughs> Definitely has to go to Kimball Walker, eight for seventeen from the field for twenty five points. Well, on the Celtics, um, right? Yeah, yeah. The high, the high performance on the Celtics. I say the Wizards. Oh no, I thought you just admitted you know. Oh yeah, uh, but yeah. But it's crazy thing about the Celtics is they have a lot of guys like really up to four when uh, Hayward gets back that can give you twenty points on any, any given night. Right. So right now the flow is actually really nice and fun to watch because. I mean, Tatum chipped in with 23 points, Brown with 22. And so it's like three guys scoring 20, made the low 20s. It works. Like, it works well. It keeps the defense guessing. Bro. Four guys, that's when it gets a little <laughs> dicey. Um, have you noticed that? Yeah. I mean, earlier uh, earlier in the season, I know Jalen Brown was kind of working through some things. So Gordon was playing better. And now with Gordon going down, Jalen is stepping up into that role and playing better as well. Um, I don't. I don't want to say, you know, that they might have to move one of those guys, but it's it still does seem a bit crowded in, in that in that forward position as far as, you know, the type of players that they all that all three of them are. Yeah, they're scorers. They are right. scorers. But I mean, but also I don't wanna I don't wanna underestimate the uh the playmaking ability that Gordon Hayward has, you know. Which is why I think you have to start with Gordon Hayward, right? He's the one that really helps the team get to that extra level. Exactly. Really the only not is his age. But he matches Kimba's age, though. So that's the thing. Exactly. He just gave money to Kimba. Exactly. So, I mean, I would not be opposed to moving like a Jalen Brown for like a center that just is maybe not a scoring center per se, maybe like a role that, but is a protector of the paint. Like somebody to really boost their defense, you know? I mean, they, they gave up 133 points to the Wizards. <laughs> like, I mean, Isaiah Thomas had a good game. He had 18 points, most he's had in a while. And then, of course, Bradley Bill with a dog, 44 <laughs> points. 17 for 27. Just going in and filling it up every night, bro. Like, fantasy points on deck. <laughs> That's I told my brother, bro. I told him not to bet on Valley Bill because I don't think he'll get more than 25 against Marcus Smart. <laughs> boy, was I wrong. <laughs> he got 44 in his head. Yeah, that boy is serious. St. Louis stand up. Yeah, real serious to get a, to get an L. He's going to keep an L. Yeah, That's the thing. This is, this is what he signed up for, to drop a crazy amount of crazy numbers and get L sports. <laughs> well, well, hey, bro. Listen, does everyone catch your L? I want to catch it with thirty million in my pocket. There so. was a, there was a video of John Wall dunking though. Cool, bro. Which I thought was <laughs> no, no. Only he tore his Achilles, and it, it, it hasn't been a full year yet, has it? It has it. Yeah. No, Achilles. I don't think it's like a full year injury, though. Is it? I mean, KD tore his Achilles, and he said he's gonna be out the whole year as a precautionary. <laughs> I mean, tearing Achilles is like the most devastating uh, injury in sports. It's one of those things I think is more devastating because of, like, how gruesome it is. You know what I mean? Like, bro, think about it. You tore your Achilles. They say it makes a gunshot noise when it happens. Like, can you imagine? I mean, besides all that, I, I think it's one of the more devastating because of the actual injury itself. Like, when, you know, the Achilles, it heals unpredictably. You know what I mean? That's fair. So, like, for example, I mean, I don't mean to, I don't mean to switch sports, but uh, Eric Berry, all pro safety for the Kansas City Chiefs, tore his Achilles. And he, you know, he did the surgery and everything, and when it was healing, you know, it 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 healed abnormally, you know, and then he had problems with that, and he was literally never the same. And I don't even think he's in the league right now. Could be See, wrong. See, but to but play devil's advocate, Kalem Hudson Adoy, 
support Chelsea <laughs> Football Club. Uh-huh. Definitely my favorite squad. Go check support Chelsea. Anyway, <laughs> young guy. He's like, tw- what, 19 years old? He's like a, a left wing. So he's definitely in a position where, you know, speed is a big boon for him. Right. And so he tore his Achilles last year, and he's back looking pretty good, man. So I do think it's one of the things, like you said, where it's unpredictable. Like, it can go good, but we have a lot of examples of the ending careers, too. So, they're definitely interesting. And John Wall, bro, like, just to touch on him real quick, I'm not a believer. I think he's done one of the worst contracts in the league. And he was already pretty washed before the injury. So, yeah. <laughs> so, but I think, uh, well, I would like to believe that this injury uh, compared or paired with all the doubt, you know, doubters like you. And I'm not going to lie, doubters like you, doubters like me. I'll say it. I know you're not on the boat either. <laughs> right. We'll put put a fire under him, you know, inspire him to get back to that elite level that he was at. Because I mean, the Whoa. last couple of years, it definitely seemed like he wasn't interested in playing trying. Right. So, but here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. He had doubters, right? Before his last season playing, right? And what he do? He came in like 25 pounds overweight <laughs> to the point where his cheeks were big. Bro, I was like, "What's going on?" I thought he put on muscle, but it was like no. fat. <laughs> like, dude was heavy, bro. It was a little heavy. Yeah. And he came back. Remember he came out, yeah, I'll never get tattoos on my arm because they mess up with my marketing abilities. He came back with these trash tattoos on his arm. I was like, what is going <laughs> on, bro? <laughs> I'm just playing, John. What's up, bro? I'm going to kick with you, man. These <laughs> just jokes. Jokes. Uh, <laughs> uh, back, to, uh, back to the games. Uh, touch on the subjects. Uh, they, got, they got a nice contribution off the bench from Carson Edwards, who I love. Love Carson. He's he's been proven to be a little streakier than I would like, but he can he can he can catch fire, man. He's, oh yeah, and it, it, it gets lethal when he catches. So if they can continue to get contributions of that nature from him, it's gonna be dangerous, man. I think the I think the Celtics they can be they can end up being a dangerous team come playoff time, man. I think they have a high ceiling just as far, just because of all the talent they have. I mean, we we said that every year for like the last two years, <laughs> but mm-hmm. I mean, I mean the leadership is different. You see that. I mean, it's it's like night and day. They look like they're having fun playing basketball. Crazy, because on the jump, Paul Pierce, they were asking about that. They were like, so you think it's, like, better? He's like, without a doubt, it's better. And Rachel Nichols, you know, the moderator for the jump, mm-hmm. was like, oh, don't say better. No. And she's trying to, like, tame <laughs> it down. Right. Paul was and like, he was like, no, it's better. <laughs> I, wa- I, Paul was like, nah. I watched that same episode. <laughs> they were talking about uh, as far as, like, when, when, when teammates miss the ball now, you know, Kevin keeps telling them, Take, keep shooting, keep shooting. When they miss it when Kyrie was there, he'd give them sideways looks. <laughs> Man, like, hey, bro, stay in your lane. <laughs> but, yeah, definitely, definitely. The Celtics are actually a fun team to watch this year. Oh, they are. But let's go ahead and move on um, to a more competitive game, you could say. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, the Clippers versus the Rockets. <laughs> Caught some of this out the side of my eye. It has some stuff going on. But the parts I did see were entertaining. Uh, Rockets 102-93 win over the Clippers. Um, of course, biggest injury of the game, other than Paul George, is no Eric Gordon for the Rockets. So in some ways, you can say both teams were down, making it a little bit more fair <laughs> matchup. Um, high performer for the night, definitely James Harden. Went stupid. Back to the regular James. <laughs> we definitely have come to love and appreciate well, some of us at least uh, <laughs> 12 for 26 from the field 7 for 13 from 3 I'll say it again 7 from 13 for 3 35 no 53.8% that's, that's big for him bro 
you've been missing 10 threes a game. So efficiency is key. Uh, Seven turnovers. I mean, six turnovers to seven assists. Not great. But, bro, anytime you put up 47 points, decent shooting numbers against a Kawhi team, I got to give you credit, bro. It was not a very high assist game for either team. I mean, the Rockets had 12 total assists. A lot of ISO going on. A whole lot. <laughs> a whole lot. Uh, it was, I mean, the Rockets won. I think, it, I think it speaks more to the Clippers. Either A, having, I don't know, just a bad game or really just kind of getting psyched ahead of Paul George's return. Because, oh, they, they shot terribly. They shot really bad. Like Kawhi Leonard see that. shot 10 for 24. Um. Trez, two for twelve. Lou, eight for twenty-two. Like, like their main guys didn't shoot well at all. I mean, what you and then what you talked about as far as James going stupid. I mean, <laughs> that was the difference. I mean, their superstar went off, and the Clippers didn't. I mean, Russ chipped in six for twenty. Not a great shooting night, of course. Seventeen points, but I mean, he was the second leading scorer on the Rockets. Clint Capella came in for twelve points. A huge rebounding night though, with twenty rebounds. But I mean, I don't, it wasn't a super entertaining game to watch, to be honest. In my opinion, to be honest, that's fair. I think with me, what made entertaining was just like the comeback aspect of it. Because if I really <laughs> think about it, based on what you're saying, I I have to admit, I was I was exaggerating. It's not. It wasn't that entertaining. There was definitely lulls, but I was just like, all right. I mean, it's just kind of gross to watch. I, it might be too just the Rockets, man. When they get into heavy, heavy games, ISO, ISO stuff, it's just it's, it's like, uh. <laughs> but, especially when he, especially when he's not hitting, it's, it gets even worse because it's just like, oh my goodness, you're just gonna keep banging your head against the wall. Yeah. But it worked out tonight. Well, the most entertaining yeah. thing tonight, by far, for sure, without a doubt, was Austin Rivers <laughs> taunting his own father to get a technical and then waving him goodbye and telling him to call me when you get out. <laughs> There's some big cojones on that guy. <laughs> Huge. I see for Austin Rivers. I see the tweet that said, or I think he tweeted, "Thanksgiving's gonna be weird." <laughs> He's funny, bro. Because Doc was actually heated. No, he obviously, was, I mean, he, he got ejected. At this point, imagine you that mad about something as a coach, and you look over, you see your son just goating, you, just trying to literally just make you more upset, just trying to antagonize. You. It's crazy. <laughs> Uh, side note, speaking of LA, I'm looking at ESPN on my screen right now. <coughs> and LA, LA Galaxy, is a little time, Ibrahimovic, bro, what a beast. And he talks so much <laughs> trash. Like, imagine LeBron James saying, You're welcome. Right. When he went to champion. <laughs> like, bro, come on. Like, he, said, <laughs> he, got, he said, You wanted Ibrahimovic? I gave you Ibrahimovic. Then I go watch baseball. Well, <laughs> <laughs> dude, on his first day in LA, took out a full page ad and he just said, You're welcome at the bottom. <laughs> Like nothing else. I mean, but that's but if we been honest, that's real, bro. Like, that's real. No, but the thing is, he actually like, means it, like, and he's an international soccer. Dude is an international soccer star. He came star with us. Like <laughs> he's. I don't want to say. I don't want to say like he's completely in his prime anymore. But he's definitely more aligned with that than David Beckham was. You know what I mean? Oh, for sure. Also, he's a, a center four. He's a striker. Like he's the guy that's scoring goals. David Beckham was like a midfielder. You know what I mean? So he wasn't like. Putting in thirty plus goals with like Latan, which is great. Also, side note, I mean, you get, get back to basketball, but the thing that makes him crazy, bro, is that he's like a black belt in like karate. He's doing like these like crazy like judo kicks and stuff, from, like thirty feet, thirty yards outside the box. Whatever you want, what metric <laughs> you want to use, bro. He's hitting them crazy deep, these awkward kicks. And just looks insane at six foot five, whatever he is, crazy. Right. But anyways, uh, <laughs> also, just, yeah, man. I got a question for this uh, this Clippers-Houston matchup <laughs> for you. 
Um, do you think this matchup? I know both teams are shorthanded, but do you think that, that this revealed anything to us? I mean, I think this this matchup could be a potential playoff matchup. So for me, for me, like I know the Clippers didn't shoot well. But neither did the Rockets, right? <laughs> right? My difference is that I can bank on Kawhi Leonard being efficient from the field more often than I can bank on James Harden or Russell Westbrook being efficient, especially in the playoffs when you <laughs> need a bucket. And that's not even to mention that Paul George is a much more impactful player than Eric Gordon, right? right. And so Paul George, there's literally no one on their team that can guard him, even more so than P.J. Tucker because Kawhi is a strength-based player, an ISO type of player, right? So you can kind of load up on him and just send help and just attempt to slow him down. If Paul George is coming off down screens, bro, at six foot nine, six ten, like there's no answer for that if he's hitting, especially when you know you can't send help, you know? Right. And also, too, just last thing on that, I think it's one of those things too where it's like <coughs> the Rockets, the Rockets can only play one way. Whereas the Clippers, if they need to get in a scoring game with you, they can. That's be an ugly game to muck it up. They can. They need to hit a bunch <laughs> of threes. They can. Then you get in the paint. They can. Even if Vika Zubak is more impactful in the paint. Can, they can play multiple ways, but I'm not completely sold on the Clippers being able to outscore the Rockets consistently. That's how you're going to be. Like, to me, that's how you're going to They can, bro. Because look, bro, they get 40 points off their bench on any given night from two right. players. But not tonight. Yeah, I'm saying, okay. But neither the Rockets aren't hot either. Both teams are hot. The Clippers can shoot with them because the Rockets are not the same as they used to be, bro. Like Ben McLemore is their guy shooting threes now. Yeah. When James Harden pass, like, come on, Daniel House, I love him. <laughs> young guy, well, he's not even that young, but you know, <laughs> new face. But I mean, come on, he's not serious in the biggest right, moment. I'm, I'm just like, as far as backcourt wise, as far as guarding, you know, James and Russ. Man, nah, I got to see some more efficiency from them because I know Paul George and. Uh, Kawhi can give you 30 both each same night on crazy efficiency because I've seen them put up crazy 40 ball games on like missing two or three shots. You know what I mean? Sure. Like, especially when Kawhi heats up. Bro, <coughs> come on. Also, Pat Beverly is there for Russell Westbrook. I'm not concerned. Well, listen. <laughs> tonight, <laughs> tonight, Russell said, uh, he said, Pat be tricking y'all. He said, he'll be guarding nobody. Just be running around doing nothing. He low-key does, though. He low-key just be out there being the pest. <laughs> lockdown isn't always lockdown, but sometimes it is, as Kevin Durant. Uh, and I'll just play KD. Uh, next game we have is Spurs versus Timberwolves. Uh, of course, the, the GOAT played in this game. Uh, Timberwolves won 129 to 114 over San Antonio. You're better than that. <laughs> right? This one, it's always like the inside joke of the vibe. Uh, <laughs> Let's see. Well, but speaking of goat, though, I mean, my man's uh, Maple Jordan, Andrew Wiggins, definitely <laughs> did have a good, <laughs> definitely had a good game. Though. I mean, twelve and twenty-three from the field, four for seven from three. He gave you thirty points, eight rebounds, seven assists, but only two turnovers, two, two steals, steals, one in the block. <laughs> what? Who is this guy? <laughs> no, this is not Andrew Wiggins, bro. This is somebody else. He was stupid. He was plus twenty-four. Cat <laughs> was only plus what nineteen. Bro, listen, listen, listen. I seen a tweet and it makes sense, bro. I know, I know what happened. He turned his life over to Christ, bro. All right. And I, now he's just getting blessings on blessings. Listen, he played well. Like I said, if he can keep this up, I mean, without a doubt, he's a top one hundred player. What? You know? No, top top thirty five. Well, I was just trying to say because in the off season, you know, he yeah, yeah, I know. But that's the biggest thing with me. Like, can he? Can we keep this up consistently? I, I I'm kind of. 
with with the stress that he's on now, I'm kind of erring on the side of yes, he can, especially because Jimmy's gone too. So it's really Carl and Andrew that are expected to carry the weight scoring wise on, on any any given night. So I don't know, man. We'll see. But I'm definitely not calling them whatever whatever the hell you just called them. <laughs> <laughs> but, but here's the thing, though. Like, like my brother said yesterday on the pod, it's really just down to shot selection for the whole Minnesota Timberwolves team. Like they're shooting more threes and they're getting more buckets in the paint. And Carlton Towns is like the linchpin for their offense. Like everything runs through Carl, which I mean, even tonight he had 28 points, 7 15 from the field. He gave 11 rebounds, four assists. Like when things run through your best player and you create space for a, you know, premier slasher in the league like Wiggins and make him drive, like the coach is mandating that he drive, it just makes more sense in your offense. And their offense has never made sense since Wiggins was drafted. Uh, Sure. But yeah, I was gonna keep, uh, quick notes on the Spurs. Namar gave you 27, Marcus with 23. Really just riding those guys because the rest of the team's offense, even though they're actually a pretty good offensive team, they're actually pretty bad defensively. But I just don't think that they, cause I, cause I don't think defense is going to get better. That's that's basically what I'm saying. So I think they're going to have to outscore teams. They don't have to so in my mind to outscore teams consistently. Exactly. And they don't shoot enough threes, right? Because they're an efficient team. Like, you look at their offensive metrics, they're actually pretty good. But they don't take any threes. Right. They only shot 17 threes this game, made three of them. Like, you're not going to win shootouts that way, you know? Timberwolves literally took twice as many. Literally. So, I mean, yeah, it's just not going to work, bro. Like, we'll see. <laughs> well, you know, it was a report that the Magic were looking at the bar. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Which I don't know why, because I don't think he helps their team. Anything they'd be looking at, uh, Mr. Air up there of the North, uh, <laughs> Andrew Wiggins. On the magic. You heard it here first. Anyways. All right. Let's go ahead and get to the next team. <coughs> this is our second game of the doubleheader on ESPN. A sad affair. Injury plague. <laughs> but <laughs> it was the Lakers versus Golden State Warriors. Lakers coming out of there. 120, 120 to 94. Smacking these guys. Uh, yeah. On the bright side, in the second quarter, they both scored 29 points as a team. Good job, Warriors. <laughs> Anyways. Biggest performance of the night were, of course, LeBron. Um, Anthony Davis didn't play tonight. So the default number he two didn't guy. Play tonight. Huh? I said he didn't need to play tonight. Didn't need to. But the default number two guy in that situation is your man's Kyle Kuzma. In general, what do you expect from Kyle this year? Uh, I mean, I definitely expect him to, you know, maintain that same fearlessness that he's kind of established himself to have over his first two years. You know, being able to take that shot if it presents itself. I think he needs to be. I think he needs to be aggressive. You know, not to a fault, obviously, but with LeBron James clearly, you know, prioritizing being a facilitator more and you know running that point position, and then and then trying to have the the offense run through Anthony Davis. I feel like Kyle has to be. I don't want to say that second guy because I, I mean that's still LeBron, obviously, but kind of kind of like you know the third, maybe two point five. You know, when the season progresses more, I feel like he just he has to be that consistent. Third score, like he has to be, like he has to be able to give you, in my mind, sixteen to, to twenty points on any given night, on every night, basically. Yeah. And Unfortunately, I mean, with these past two games, I mean, he had twenty two this game, and then um, I believe it was the last game they played the Suns. I think he had what twenty three, so, something like that. I mean, he's showing that he can do it. I, I just, you know, it, it, just, it just needs to keep going, keep being consistent, keep working within the offense. I mean, good things are happening. They're winning games, and he's shooting well. You know, as far as percentage wise, so yeah, I mean that's the biggest. <laughs> he has to shoot. He has to shoot well. Right. But 
I think the biggest key or the biggest reason why I'm not the greatest fan of Kyle on this team um, is the fact that I think if their third score was more of a creator. I mean, right? like a guy that, you know, a guy that could have a little wiggle to him and break the defense down potentially for his own shot or others. Sure. I mean, I'm not saying I'm not saying Kyle's a perfect fit, but this is who they have right now. And I mean, That's true. Right I'll, now, right. it seems like it's working. So, I mean, I wouldn't move. Um, I wouldn't think about moving Kyle until the mm. stuff that it can't work. No, for sure. Also, Lakers have played a pretty good <laughs> schedule to this point, but I would definitely look out for that because, I mean, if you look at the way the roster is currently constructed, they have a lot of guys whose only job is just to finish the play, right? Right. And Kyle's one of them. And so I just feel like even at his best, he's not being <coughs> properly utilized on this team and he will never be because he's not going to start from one and then B, he's just not going to be in a role that just gets him the most productive. Right. But, I mean, they can definitely make it work, though. They I mean, they get one guy in there, like a Chris Paul or something, and they're set. Uh, real quick on the Warriors. I mean, anytime I see a Warriors game these days, the first place I go is to my main man, Eric Pascal. However you say it, of course, he came through the night, 15 points, 7-15 from the field, 0-4 for from 3. Got to get that together, my guy. But he's been playing pretty good. Of course, D'Angelo Russell gave you 21. Uh, not great efficiency and did not hit a 3. Anything you want to say on the Warriors? I mean... Yeah, you know, I mean, it wasn't the, it wasn't the worst efficiency. Six for thirteen is not the worst. I mean, I kind of kind of feel bad for D'Angelo to be honest. Like you, you have to imagine like his outlook on the season coming in, what it was going to be like, and then all the injuries <laughs> happening between Steph and even Draymond, even himself, and then uh, having the news that Clay wasn't going to come back, or that it was suggested that he stay out the entire year. Like the entire outlook has definitely changed. More so just the Steph injury because, you know, he come, him coming in, he was thinking, all right, no clay, it's the new splash, bros. I got you. <laughs> With no Steph, I mean, it's over. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Anytime, anytime uh, you let JaVale McGee go off on you like he did, 18 <laughs> points and 17 <laughs> rebounds, that is insane. Hey, real quick, you watch JaVale, bro. Anytime you see him, like, check into a game, whether it's just starting or just, like, you know, whenever he gets a run, the first minute of JaVale is always amazing. Like, literally, you're like, <laughs> wow. Like, no, for real. Like, he's like, wow. He's really, like, you know, mucking up the paint, right. just swatting stuff. He's finishing with strength. He even got a little touch now. By the time that second minute hits, maybe minute 45, totally different person. He's hunched over. Can't breathe, <laughs> so it's doing stupid stuff. Like he just completely ruins all the good production he did. So he's like a, he's like an average guy. He just bounces out the average. If he's just playing for one minute stretches though, he'd be a beast. <laughs> also, tell think he has like a condition too. So I don't want to, I don't want to make fun of him, but that's just the reality of it. Like, but anyways, last game of the night, you got the Raptors versus the Trailblazers. Um, Raptors go ahead and wrap this one up at one fourteen, one oh six over them guys. No Cal Lowry, no problem. And this is. After the Trailblazers just dropped a terrible loss to the Kings the other night with no weird Fox and the, no Marvin Bagley. <laughs> and they just dropped another game for Like they're on a losing streak right now. Yeah. Not great. <laughs> actually, I'm gonna let you go ahead and get into your Blazers real quick. My Blazers. Oh, your no, Blazers. Don't say that. Just just a clarification for the audience. I didn't <laughs> think that they would get swept by the Warriors last year, so now all of a sudden they're my Blazers. Cause I had more faith in them <laughs> than other people did. Why? I'll never know. <laughs> but uh, you know, it, it doesn't look good, bro. Like I told you a while ago, it doesn't look good. Like, I mean, it seems it seems what's happening is what we already knew. CJ and Dame are playing well. They're not gonna win. <laughs> Dame I mean, did not play not, well. CJ shot mediocre. Okay. But it wasn't terrible. But Dame 
didn't play well at all. Like all as far as, two score, as, far as scoring wise, he did have ten assists. Two for twelve. Two for twelve from the field. <laughs> Those are just his two threes. He didn't hit a single other shot. And then also as far as just as far as the matchup with this team, like who is guarding Pascal? Uh, Rodney. <laughs> exactly. I mean, exactly. <laughs> so you know, I, I think Nazir Little started this game. <laughs> Rook trash. Yeah, he did start. <laughs> trash. <laughs> Buddy was struggling in North Carolina. <laughs> no, it definitely uh, was. I think he'll get a lot better, but it just shows you where they're at right now. They're just throwing stuff against the wall. I mean, it's just like well, one that they one they're not scoring. It doesn't seem like the guys, and they can't guard anything. Clearly, I mean, the, they don't have the personnel to guard. You know, players like Pascal Siakam, and then obviously the backcourt. You're not getting no defense from. Dame and CJ. <laughs> Fred Van Fleet went off. He had 30. Stupid. So, Fred's a hooper, though. Like Fred no, Fred is, is, a no guy. Fred is a hooper. But he's not a 30 year guy. He's not a 30 point uh, night guy. Hooper. <laughs> but you love to see it because Fred's a guy at the YMCA who's just kind of short and he just gets buckets. You know what I mean? He's just the nastiest dude in the court. You know what I mean? Like he has that kind of game where he's really just soft and dude. I don't know. I love watching him play. Fred, like, no, don't get me wrong. Fred is a hooper, and he's made himself into a player. But still, <laughs> come on, man. <laughs> yeah, it's a bit much. Also, too, he locked up Dane for the night. He sure did. Stopper. <laughs> <laughs> Lockdown. <laughs> so, like I said, man, it doesn't look good. I know it's early in the season, so, you know, I'm going to go ahead and give my early, my way too early prediction. But the Portland Trailblazers are not going to make the playoffs. Ooh, who you got coming in for them? I got to look, I got, to say. I have to look back at, at – uh, and my, predi- oh, and my predictions, but I, cause I, I think I already had Dallas in there originally. Oh, okay. So, so you're going to have to throw in uh, his uh, Air Highness? I pro- I'll probably have. Yeah, his Air so Highness, whatever it is. <laughs> Lakers, Rockets, Jazz, Nuggets, Clippers, <laughs> the Mavericks, the Timberwolves look like they're going to uh, be in the playoffs. They're just playing better. And the way that, I mean, the talent looks like it's finally ready to step up. So, yeah. I mean, also with the Kings falling off. I mean, Pelicans falling off, Warriors falling off, Trailblazers looking terrible, Spurs on a needle's edge. So yeah, that's, that's not so what that, we thought. Exactly, it was. That's the thing. Like the Spurs are always going to be competitive. They're always they're going to this year. They uh, just like last year. They're going to be on that on that cusp. So they're going to be probably they're probably going to be the nine seed the whole year. They might move up and down occasionally. <laughs> Thunder? You said what? Thunder? No, the Spurs. I'm saying you got the Thunder coming in. No, I think I, I think I probably have the Suns maintain where they are. No. Why not? Bro. Why? I don't think it's on us. I think that they're playing not outside of their minds because, I mean, it would have taken <laughs> off already. I think that they're a much better team. I think they're the kings of this year. Okay, that's fair. So, I mean, but in different years, different outcomes can happen. Like, if you, you know, we could have gave the kings a couple of different outcomes on a couple of games last year and they would have been in the playoffs. You know what I mean? That's fair. That's fair. I just think they're one of those teams where some come down to every little win. Mm-hmm. And I foresee it's between them and the Timberwolves. Really, it's like whoever keeps their act together the longest is going to have a real shot. And now, granted, I'm predicting Timberwolves will keep the act together. I know that sounds well, of course crazy. you are, <laughs> <laughs> but at the end of the day, I just think Towns is a better player than Devin Booker, and their second best guy is who? <laughs> you said what? And the Suns' second best guy is who? Probably probably between well, DeAndre Aiden when he comes back. Don't forget about him. But before them is probably Ricky Rubio or Kelly Oubre. So yeah, that's the point. Exactly. Also, that's, a, that's also a very important detail that, people, that I feel like a lot of people are already forgetting just because of the Suns, you know, having a, a semi-successful start. Well, by their standards and pre, by their past standards, it's an amazing start. But the fact that I will say the fact that when, De, uh, when DeAndre Aiden comes back, then 
get to move those guys into their more comfortable roles. So Kelly Oubre and Ricky Rubio, you know, move into like the third and fourth guy. That has, a, to me, that always has a big effect on players when they can, you know, when they can settle into their roles more and they're not always asked to overstep themselves when they're not really those guys. You know what I mean? So no, I definitely agree. I just think when DeAndre Aiden comes back, it, we're going to know for sure what they, uh, what they can be. And I think when he comes back, they're going to look, they're going to look good, man. I think DeAndre Aiden is going to come, uh, come out hungry just because of the situation he's in right now and the way the team is playing. And I think they're going to see the opportunity that they have on their minds. I mean, Books always talk about making the playoffs and how it feels to not be there and this and that. I just, I think the team is ready to take a step. So, yeah, I mean, I can see that. I can definitely also, see that. Also, also touching on, sorry, but just touching on this last point about how you uh, t- uh, called this Suns team the Kings of uh, last year. I mean, I like De'Aaron Fox and I like Marvin Bagley, but neither of them, to to my opinion, is Devin Booker. You know, no, that's like, fair. Like Devin Booker, but- talent wise, is a top. 15 player in the league. Oh, for sure. Just off of talent alone. He doesn't get that. He doesn't necessarily get that classification of recognition because he hasn't had the success. But dude is supreme hooper. Like, yeah, he's not that top 15 player in the league just due to production. But because he's a pure talent, yeah, I can give you that. Right. So, you know, if I can, I, I, I'm fine with taking Booker, uh, winning a couple more games, you know, late down the season than the Kings did last year and making that playoff, that playoff push, especially with all the teams that you're talking about dropping out. Yeah, I mean, the one thing the Suns have going for them over, like, the Kings of last year or even the Timberwolves is they have more competent rotation players. Yes. Like, I mean, they have guys like Tyler Johnson coming off the bench. <laughs> I mean, Tyler, even Tyler uh, Johnson, Dario Sarich, uh, Frank Kaminsky. Like, Sarich is probably going to start, though. He starts next to Aiden, probably, when well, they get uh, teams that are. My mistake. I didn't mean, like, as far as, like, bench guys. I'm just saying, like, oh, okay, players, in general, you know. Yeah, for sure. Aaron Baines. I mean, yeah, there's guys like, like Rubio. Like, yeah, they have, like they have Ubre. they have real pros, real vets on their team. For sure, for sure. Which I mean, that that means a lot. That means a ton. I just think in terms of what the Suns are doing this year, I think some of the shooting's a little hot for me. It's fair. Like, and with the Kings, they weren't winning based on just like shooting lights out. They're winning based on just really running teams out of the gym. You know, I mean, I'm just being the most in shape team in the league and just running every night. So, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see if it wins out. They had definitely been shot. The West is not what we thought it was, for sure. Like, it's a lot softer. Yeah. So, due to injuries mainly. So, we'll see. We'll see. But that about wraps it up for all the games tonight. Uh, got any other general things you want to get out there? Uh, Austin Rivers. Boy, you got you got a lot of nerve, man. <laughs> so, you didn't get enough butt whoopings as a kid. Man. <laughs> Disrespectful, bro. But uh, other than that, no. I mean, Paul George comes back tomorrow. That's going to be exciting. Look forward to seeing that. Definitely. I need, I need a 30 ball. At least. At least a 30 ball. Oh, we don't put that pressure on him, man. Let's go on I need a 30 ball. He's been practicing. It's not like he's fresh off. <laughs> you know, he's been practicing. So, I, you know, listen, I need a 30 ball. Hey, we, hey it's going to be must-see TV for sure. <laughs> I, bet you, I bet you Kawhi doesn't play, though. Oh, I mean, if, eh, I wouldn't say that much. I he played tonight. He did play tonight, but I mean, I don't but know. Padres returns. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like I feel like Kawhi will play. I also feel like they'll he's, prioritize he's thinking I'm chilling the ball as well. I know, and I know, I know Kawhi don't. You know, he don't like playing back to backs and all that. But listen, Paul George comes, he returns. Oh, you Kawhi gotta play. Scared. He's a machine. He doesn't have emotions. <laughs> <laughs> hey, sign up real quick before we get out of here. I once had a friend from Dallas who said he saw Kawhi Leonard in the club one day. <laughs> he was talking to this girl. Wasn't paying Kawhi no mind. Maybe he should have. Kawhi came over, 
three seconds, stole this girl, didn't say a word, and they walked out the club. Kawhi Stone Cold, bro. He's a machine. And all assets, all facets of life. Shout outs to Kawhi. To wrap it up, see you guys on Monday. So enjoy the weekend and yeah, have fun. Peace.